Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Blizzard Comedy Chat. Uh, first of all, I do apologise how long it's been since the last one of these. Uh, I have been completely preoccupied with various other projects as well as moving uh, and you know, sorting out um, my life in the middle of a global pandemic. So um, yeah, these have kind of uh, taken a backseat for a while. Uh, but I'm going to be... Uh, I'm going to be revisiting now. I'm going to try and upload one uh, every month, the week after our broadcast Avalanche shows. So uh, we'll be working through the massive back catalogue uh, that, that, that we have uh, that we have had. Uh, we're going to be starting off with uh, a particular uh, one, which I expected was going to be a fan favourite on the Patreon poll, but uh, wasn't. Well, okay, it, it was. This one was tied with Ben Hodge um, when he won the poll. Um, but the reason I went with Ben uh, rather than No Money in the Bank is because uh, one of the votes for No Money in the Bank was from No Money in the Bank. Uh, and, you know, that, that just hardly seems fair. So uh, I went with Ben, Ben's interview, which is, is an incredibly good one. Please do go back and listen to that if you haven't already. Uh, but I am also very excited to finally be getting No Money in the Bank's interview to you. I had a uh, really lot of fun with this with this one. Um, if, you, if you've been watching our live stream panel shows, you'll be very familiar with uh, Tom B., um, as uh, one of the team captains on every show that we do. Uh, so uh, you all know what, what to expect from him. Uh, we have some uh, really nice stories about uh, some of the weirder experiments they have taken as a double act, uh, as well as some uh, pretty um, pretty deep dives into uh, the effects comedy can have on your mental health. Uh, so yeah, uh, without further ado, I'm not going to keep on talking. Oh yeah, just one thing. Um, this was obviously recorded nearly a year ago, so I think we may make reference to the uh, lack of the upcoming fringe, um, which I uh, have not been confirmed for 2021 yet. But it, let's be realistic; it's not going to happen. Um, but yeah, so th there may be a couple of outdated things in this in this interview. I've I've, I've uh, tried to remove anything that's uh, particularly like there, th there was one point where we were talking about putting on a comeback show uh, at some point in the summer of 2020, which obviously didn't happen, and uh, that was incredibly naive and ambitious of us at the time. Uh, but uh, yeah, I've been talking for two minutes let's get on with the interview this is already a fucking long one uh so uh i present to you no money in the bank hello 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 tom hello uh, hey how are you Sorry. Doing? yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's basically yeah that's, uh, I, i'm still in existence <laughs> We're not i don't there. know what <laughs> i don't know what days are anymore <laughs> no no who, who needs days fucking overrated um, cool. Yeah. So first, first question is, um, and you can answer this individually. Uh, what is your earliest memory of stand-up comedy? So not when you got involved in it specifically, but just when you kind of first realised it was a thing. That's a good question. So good question. <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> it is, I like it. It's that. Um... As I know you too well, that's the sound that you make when you're trying to stall people. <laughs> so, yes. No. It was, ah, ah, yes. I it's very, that... very interesting. Fuck. Fuck, fuck, yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. Um, Jasper <laughs> Really? Uh, yeah. that's, that's actually mine as well. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Paramount Comedy Channel, like, yeah. very early on. So oh, like do you remember the like, late 90s? Yeah, yeah. Do you remember the live at the comedy store stuff? I've got very yeah. early memories of that. Because, like, yeah. I mean, I became aware of the comedy store as a thing in, like, probably when I was like 16, 17, because it was like a quid to go. But I always thought it was something else because life at the comedy store always looked like it was shot in like the fucking 1995. It was... It looked big, fucking cool, man. 
Well, you're into that. You're into big, big shirt, top polyester, bit old, bit old collars, and no, not not the shirts, just the the the. the, the um... Isn't it? Isn't it funny? Isn't it funny how different men and women are? That sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe not the material itself, but that program, the way it was formatted, it like, did look fucking cool. Yeah. It looked fucking cool. It was like the, the stand-up. The, the comedian would come from the back of the room, and the, the camera would go black and white, and then they'd walk through the crowd onto the stage, and that was like. What program is this? I feel like I missed a bit. What? Uh, live, at, live at the Comedy Store. Live at the Comedy Store, right, sure. Like the late, late 90s. Or oh, right, yeah, like, yeah. Like, live at the Comedy Store is like our gangster rap videos. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, to be honest, that makes sense to me. That's, um, oh, no. I like boxing. But that, that, no, so, so like, yeah, that, that program was quite influential yeah. around that time. Yeah, because um, yeah, it's one of those things that was always on at like 3 a.m. So it was like, it was at that time where you started yeah. first enjoying watching things you weren't meant to. It'd be so, at like 10 p.m. and then they'd show the same one again at like 3 a.m., 2 a.m. Yeah. kind of thing. I've definitely got memories of being very stoned at university and just watching both of them. <laughs> <laughs> just that, going, going, usually second year, just I melted into a couch just watching the same channel forever because we didn't have Netflix then. Yeah, that's actually a really interesting yeah. format for a show. If you if, if you like review the same comedy show twice, but like as you're getting progressively more stoned, that I, I, really, <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I would pay money to watch that. That sounds great. I, I would too. That's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> Write it down, Andrew. We keep yeah. saying we need to be YouTubers now. Everyone's a YouTuber. <laughs> Now. <laughs> I, I, I just want you to review Michael McIntyre's live and laughing twice as <laughs> just getting more intoxicated through <laughs> No, I mean you commit that's the special. That's that's ten times in a row. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know I'd why I picked that one specifically, it. but yeah. I'd rather review it minus zero times, minus two times. <laughs> minus two times. <laughs> You want to review it less times than that? Okay, yeah. yeah. Less times how, how, how would that work, Andrew? Let's find how that would work. Uh, I'll put it on, but I'll shut my eyes and put cotton wool in my ears. So. <laughs> that <laughs> is the opposite of reviewing. So yeah. there, but I'm not watching you're, <laughs> you're still No, you're still losing the time, though. It's like you've got to do something productive in that time. Like, I don't know, like, learn how to blind and definite a staff. Yeah. Okay. I'll do I don't, that. Yes. That challenge. There <laughs> yeah, we are. So, um, yeah. Following on from that, then. So, when did you start taking an interest in in actually performing uh, comedy yourself? Uh, start with uh, start with Tom this time. Um, uh, I think I I wanted to do it like from like as a teenager. Like, I can remember like first trying to write jokes and do notes and all that sort of stuff, which, I mean, I don't really do anymore. But <laughs> when, I was, like, when I was about 16, uh, but I didn't, start, I didn't actually begin performing until I was 25 mm. in Germany because I was a circus performer, decked in my knees and started comparing shows and decided the microphones were fun, so maybe I should do that now that I don't have any knees. Or, <laughs> <laughs> you know, just... Yeah. Um, um, if you take his trousers off, he's just got like water between between the top and bottom of his leg. No, no yeah, just, knees to speak of. Yeah, it just kind of looks like you've inflated two condoms and put shoes at the bottom of it. It's weird. I, 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 yeah. are, are you just like are you are you just Rayman? Is that what's going on? There's just nothing, and it was your feet. <laughs> no, I can't jump that high. Neither can anyone I'm playing. To be fair. <laughs> Shout. Um, but. 
yeah, I don't start taking interest is. I mean, it was about when I first started watching, like, I think Dave Dorman and Ross Nobles were mm. always the ones that I kind of, like, were the first ones I saw. I was just like, might be able to do that. That'd be cool. And it took me years. But, yeah. Was it, was it like, um, so you started in Germany when, um, and that was, and that was sort of doing comparing as opposed to like comedy gigs uh, and such? Oh, uh, no, no, it was, no. it was comedy gigs. Oh, okay, right, I was yeah. Doing, yeah, right, okay. Um, yeah, they've got a Berlin, because it's a city of expats, I guess, has a quite wide and extensive um, English spoken open mic scene. And when I was the over purpose, there, it yeah, was, yeah. yeah, there was like, there was more, there was more nights than there were comedians, so it was quite okay. easy with stage time as well. They've made a documentary, haven't they, about the uh, yeah. In Germany? Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's not out yet, I don't think. Yeah, it'll be interesting though, because... That will be interesting, yeah. It's cool. And they're all over a lot of the European cities now, like Paris has got a pretty decent scene, Amsterdam's apparently got a really nice scene. Okay, oh um, yeah, yeah, I've heard that, yeah. And... Yeah, it was yeah, just it was, it. Something to, it was something to do. I wasn't able to work because of my life, so I was just like, oh, just put all my time in this. I did like in the three months I was doing it over there. I did something like fifty gigs, which is Fucking insane. Hell, yeah. That's and yeah. I <laughs> that's that's unheard of over here. I think when I it was a real shock when I first came back to Manchester because all of a sudden I was from that kind of <laughs> doing nothing but gigs to just like I have one. Yeah. It is once a month, and it is the frog and bucket. The shit. <laughs> yeah. Stand-up's horrible. <laughs> Moving on to Andrew, uh, same question. How? Wh- when did you start sort of actively pursuing comedy? As, like, um, yeah. like I, I watched a hell of a lot of it, but it was like, it never seemed a feasible thing that you could do. I never yeah. had any, any idea of how you would, would kind of do it. Yeah, it was almost like it was something somebody else did. Yeah, yeah. Like, like playing football, it's like everyone, like everyone thinks you never a bit of a kick about, but it's just like oh, I'm not David Beckham, not him. Yeah. No. And, yeah. So I, I mean, I started when I was 28, um, and I'd sit at home watching eight hour ten cats drinking wine. I know it's a serious sentence, but the thing is, we can both imagine that. I was yeah. just like, no, that holds up. Yeah. <laughs> Specifically and, uh, as Balthazar as well, not as Andrew. That's... <laughs> yeah. I certainly think shouting at the telly in a fake American accent. It was really <laughs> <laughs> um, but, like, so someone make a joke or something, I, I, I think of a joke in my head and I think, oh, that's funnier than what you just said. Did you ever write it? Pardon? Did you ever write it and tell them? I'm funny I should have Because I've got this image of you getting steadily more wine drunk as it goes on, yeah. and it's just like, <laughs> like yeah. it, it, turned, it goes from, like, I could do better than that, to, oh, I could do better than that, you prick. <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, yeah. I mean, Tom, 8 out of 10 cats is only, is only like, like 20, 25 minutes long. How, how drunk is he getting in that period of time from the start to the end of the time? Time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, you can... <laughs> You've seen us both like neck entire bottles of wine basically on stage. It's pretty doable. <laughs> <laughs> and then so there's that. And then the other thing was I was drawing cartoons, uh, and it'd, it'd be like three panels for one joke, sometimes zero jokes. <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was I, I realised it'd probably be quicker. To just go on stage and you can say the same joke in three seconds that I'd spent two hours drawing a comic for. So I don't quite remember. I think I, I found out about a gig, uh, kill, kill for the seat gigs, 
and it was uh, silky in Leeds. Yeah. So I messaged him saying, can I have a spot? And he said, uh, we, we, we were kind of a professional organization. Did you tell him you were funnier than 8 out of 10 cats, though? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, said, I said I'd been on 8 out of 10 cats seven times. <laughs> 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 one, more and I'm a, one more and I can be a cat. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he said, uh, said maybe try the uh, the comedy cellar, which is like the open night. Yeah, I've, I've heard of the comedy cellar. I think, I've, I think I've done that one once, maybe. <laughs> yeah, Everyone, every, everyone's either done it once or 17 times. Yeah. There's no in the middle. <laughs> to, be, yeah. <laughs> to be fair, yeah, I think if I lived in Leeds, I would have done it significantly more. But it's... Um, so yeah, so that's what I did. I went there and did a first set. I had like five minutes of material and about a minute and a half in, I did the thing where you just completely forget everything. Yeah. And and honestly, it was like a t- probably literally two minute period where I was just going, uh, well, what's, what's going on here? I've forgotten. <laughs> like that for like two minutes. But it was the first gig and after your first gig, I think a lot of people either go, I'm never doing that again or I'm going to do this for a fucking long time. <laughs> and yeah, it's terrible yeah, that's it definitely was. true. Yeah, it's terrible it was. So I went, I'm going to keep doing this. I think I'm going to keep doing it. And yeah. Yeah, so it's a weird thing. Like, so I've, like, looking back on my first gig, like, it was, like, at the time, I thought it went really well. Looking back on it, it really didn't. But I think you, it, that doesn't really matter once you've done it the first time because you've got that kind of no. adrenaline of doing it. And then you're kind of like, oh, I like this feeling. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it more. Or, or yeah. you're like, I'm never doing that again. And I know, like, I know people who've had really good first gigs and sort of been like, yeah, I'm done with this. I don't want to do yeah. Anyway, it's weird how yeah, it doesn't really matter how good the gig is. You 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 know from that point whether you're gonna do it more or not. Mm. Have you got the budge? Mm. <laughs> oh, that's horrible. <laughs> I tend um, to think if if you stop after your first gig, it's uh, you look at that person and go, they're fucking sensible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They've got yeah, that, shit together, and I don't. Yeah, know. yeah, that's, that's around about year three, I would say. <laughs> Just like, well, they must oh, have other things in their lives. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, oh. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> so um, after, after Andrew, after after your first gig, um, so yeah, you mentioned sort of like kind of losing yourself and kind of not really, um, yeah, kind of getting stuck off doing this and forgetting everything. How long after that mm. until like you started kind of developed past that kind of fear in that stage? Um, I mean that's still. It, it never really goes away. I don't no. think that 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 feeling is. I don't know how relevant this is to everyone else, but that feeling is still there sometimes. If you're doing a gig yeah, that, that you think is quite important, or it's a gig that you're yeah. really looking forward to doing, more so than not, that that feeling of fuck. What if I forget fuck everything? It. It's still in the back of my mind, to be honest. A lot it's of the time. Almost, it's like it's like imposter syndrome. It's like it really is, yeah. Like, like when you like when you do your first gig, it's like you be like next to someone who's done like the third gig and just like oh fuck he's done three he's done yeah. well better than me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, 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 I have been that person. I'm on, on my third gig. I remember I, I remember talking to people who were like two were like doing their first or second gig, and I was and I, and I was like so cocky. I was just like just like uh, giving them all this advice, and then I died on my ass right after, this, and they did really good. And I was like fucking hell, this is like, I'm not as good as I think. <laughs> Yeah, no, and it's, and that imposter syndrome just kind of like 
you still have it. You always feel it. It's just yeah. like you said, in different places. So it's like the first time you middle on a project, it's like the same thing. I like it when uh, someone happens to win Beat the Frog or something on like the first ever gig. Yeah. And then you you see them like four gigs later and they're like swan into a room like the fucking you know just want to bafter or something. One of my favourite um gong show experiences was uh, I can't remember the person's name, I've no idea if they're still gigging or not, is they were doing King Gong, they got kicked off after like a minute or something, which for King Gong's quite decent. Mm. But then like immediately after the gong went, I just said uh, I just said, um uh, uh I, I won beat the frog this week, I'll have you know <laughs> <laughs> and like, everyone in the room was like, Yeah that's not that's not an achievement really <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just love the image of it though, just like yeah. so proud. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, so um, yeah, I want to I want to explore more, uh, Andrew, about um, because like one thing, the first thing I remember about when I first saw you at like the Zombie Shack however many years ago is that every time I saw you, you'd never have the same kind of act, and it often, uh, it often kind of seemed like you didn't really have anything planned. Um, like not in a bad way. Like, like but, 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 but like, but like, I, 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 I watched you. I watched. I watched you continue with that and just get get better at it, better at it until you until like now when like I mean like, I've no idea if you actually do or don't have any, have have things planned when you come on stage, but it often <laughs> seems like you don't yet you really make it work. So I don't know if that's yeah. something you've sort of consciously learned how to harness or or I don't know uh, um, or do you completely disagree with that statement? Am I talking bollocks? No, I, I, I agree. <laughs> um, I think <laughs> I think um, I think going to the Tiger Lounge gigs. And you know what it was like. There was there was a group of us, and we all yeah. got pretty friendly. Yeah. But the the thing about that was, you something like nine or ten comedians, who all kind of got on and went there on a Wednesday or Thursday, yeah. or whatever it was. Um, but it would be you lot, and then maybe two audience members. Yeah. Oh God, two if you were lucky, mate. Yeah. Two if you were lucky. <laughs> Sometimes it'd get weird, and it'd be like a packed room, and they were the best ones, but. The thing about those gigs was I'd be thinking, right, I'm going to Manchester tonight to do this gig. The audience is probably going to be the same eight comedians that I know and maybe a few yeah. audience. So it felt like there was, there, there was no point harnessing, there was no point kind of honing an act and doing it to the same eight people. That, so it's like, yeah, that I makes do? sense. Yeah. You know, what can I do this time that's a bit different? Yeah. Um, so it, it, I think... It was just that, it was turning over new material and then occasionally you'd pick bits out that seemed to work and and then kind of put that together. Yeah. Yeah. And I think from that point to this point, it's just been that really, it's just been taking taking bits that have worked a couple of times. Yeah. And then putting putting that into some kind of st- structure. <laughs> How it works again is it's it's just it's just if you do that long enough, you're not really scared of doing badly because you know that, that that might happen. Yeah. But the moment you realise you might do badly is actually the moment when you don't do as badly because you're just not scared of it anymore. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. I think, yeah, particularly if you're just doing open mic gigs as well, you get a lot more leeway. As you say, like, there's no point just sort of doing your your home set to the same eight people every every week. Yeah. You might as well just have some fun with it. Uh, but yeah, I asked, people do. 
But everyone, it, it, pretty much every, it, it wasn't ever, it was, it was kind of unspoken, but uh, those Tiger Lounge gigs, pretty much everyone was doing that. Everyone was doing a different five minutes every yeah. time. Yeah. Kind I, of thing. Yeah. I do remember actually one time I, I went there and, and um, I think it was you guys, it was only a group of the regulars um, just started playing bingo with each other's acts about different things you'd bring up. That was, that was me. <laughs> that, that was me. Yeah, that yeah. was it, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah I think, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it was you, Hannah, possibly Carl Cross, and Tom Lawrence, or like those those kind of people. Um, I can't remember, yeah. but yeah, that, yeah, that kind of crowd anyway. Um, but yeah, I asked this because someone, I, yeah, someone stole someone stole Matt Banana's set list. <laughs> so, so, so he'd go on stage, and we'd have his kind of list of what jokes he was before going to say. <laughs> And then, as he oh, said, man. yeah, karaoke, karaoke stand up, yeah. And you, you would just tick bananas fucking jokes off. <laughs> piece of paper that you'd stolen. <laughs> oh, God, this, this part of the interview is going to be interesting to like two people. I've never heard anything describe our act better than that, though. No, it's like, it's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, um, so I'll bring it back on topic, yeah, the, 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 what I wanted to ask is because the first time I saw you do Balthazar was I think at Fab Cafe and like yeah, a couple of weeks yeah. before that I'd seen you do like a couple of different characters. One of them was, I can't remember, it was it was either an actress or a tennis player, I have no idea. But um, I, I, I did like a Carrie, you know Carrie Mulligan? That was it, yeah, Carrie Mulligan, yeah. <laughs> and the whole five minutes was just basically... <laughs> Me going, hey, I'm Kevin. Yeah, <laughs> which I thought was genius. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I have fuck all idea who Kerry Mulligan is, but that was one of my favourite five minute sets I've seen ever. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, I've, uh, I've kind of forgotten who she is. She's married to one of. She's married she's to Mumford and something. She's in. A, she's an actress, right? She was in um, that Never Let Me Go. <laughs> yeah. Andrew Garfield is a clone or something. Um, <laughs> yeah, sure, yeah. That, that, that's, that could be any film of 2007. And, um, oh, no, one about Biffin or Biffin, Professor in Oxford. I don't know. I've gone off topic. Yeah. That's very modern, it, guys. <laughs> Welcome yeah, to let's... IMDb Live. Charlie <laughs> <laughs> and Tom and Andrew. <laughs> but yeah, just, I, I, I really love that bit because it reminds me of uh, one of Rick Mayo's early sets when, when, when like, he's... he's um, He's just got a poem where and, and 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 just like every end of verse is just. But I don't know Vanessa Redgrave, and like, I had no idea who Vanessa Redgrave was, and it was the funniest shit I've ever seen. Yeah, I think that's on YouTube still. It is, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, um, I I had a question attached to this. <laughs> I, I, don't, I haven't gone around to asking yet. So yeah, um, essentially this is a roundabout way of asking how sort of Balthazar Dark came about and why you ended up sticking with that one. Um, that sounds like I'm accusing um, you. Uh, why did you stick with that one rather than rather than Kerry <laughs> Mulligan? <laughs> I'm just going to pick Kerry Mulligan, but... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Let's do that in Edinburgh <laughs> for an true. hour. I'm doing a I'm doing a show about film. Guest, you can be you can be Kerry <laughs> Mulligan. <laughs> <in the show. laughs> that that was the thing about that. I would just extend the name. 
So I'd, I'd go on stage and go, hey, it's me, Kerry Mulligan. And then by the fourth minute, I'd be going, hey, it's me, Kerry <laughs> Mulligan. You, you, you still do that. You still do that. We have that, we have that joke on the first show where I just tell you off because Elon Dayton Verbs isn't writing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I did an improv class. And um, one of the exercises was you had to just do a character, right? And then people would ask you uh, questions about that character, who knew who he is, kind of thing. And I did Balthazar Dark. I don't know where the name came from. There's a wrestler called Pentagon. That was one of my other called... questions later on, so I, know I can cross that off now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you can cross that off. He, he was called Pentagon, but in certain promotions he was called Pentagon Dark, so I thought Dark's a good name. It is, yeah. I don't know where, I don't know where Balthazar came from. Um, sounds like a D&D &D character. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, uh, so it is in one of my campaigns. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I did that, and it went quite well. And then the next week at Tiger, uh, Fab Cafe, at this point, uh, I did it again. And this was after me and Tom had first decided to do a wrestling show. We decided yeah. to do a wrestling show at Edinburgh. We had no idea what it was. Yeah, it wasn't even going to be double. I think at that point <laughs> so, it was going to be. It was like, going to be a split. It was going to be a split with both Tom at wrestling. Mm. But I did Balthazar Dark at Fab Cafe, and it went quite well. Yeah. And uh, and then Tom said to me afterwards, "He is fucking coming to Edinburgh with us." <laughs> Um, <laughs> so it was Tom's fault. Yeah, no, it was, it was, fault, it was yeah. in those words as well. He had a fedora and a cigar. <laughs> yeah, go on to Edinburgh. <laughs> so then I've got to be a star. <laughs> <laughs> and then it was it was quite early on doing that that I realised they enjoyed that so much more than being on stage as myself and. I kind of thought, even if this goes worse than most of my gigs with myself, <laughs> then I, I still enjoy. I will still enjoy being on stage far more doing this than being myself and potentially being more successful. It's not Andrew Marsh favorite. When you're Balf Bazaar's favorite. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so that's that's how that's kind of. That's cool, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna come back to that uh, in a little while. Um, but first of all, I want to ask a bit more about about the first Edinburgh show and about how how No Money in the Bank sort of came about. I know you sort of briefly took me through it then, but um, yeah, sort of like take us a bit more through the kind of history of, of that double act and where, where where that came from and and how and why and is it ever going to stop? Uh, okay. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's never going to stop. We Good. both enjoy this far more. We, I mean, mm -hmm. I, if we both enjoy this far more, and now I'm realizing that sounds like some jealous act. Just like we enjoy this more, it will always be like this. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I could not really give a concrete point of how the double act started. It's no. almost like it's just like circumstance after circumstance and mm. wine. I think. <laughs> I think fundamentally it came from me and Tom talking and realising we had a lot of similar interests. Yeah. Like, I used to put on a gig and Tom did it, didn't you? That was definitely, yeah, Apple Shampoo. That was definitely yeah. the, the that yeah. was definitely the first time that where we were just like, we share all because we knew each other. I mean, you put me on a gig, but yeah. <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't really hang out. 
Yeah, but and then we we kind of realised we had a lot of similar interests, and one of those was wrestling. Yeah. So somewhere in there, we decided to do a show about wrestling. <laughs> I think we might have even just like <clears throat> challenged each other because like because like, again, this was the title launch days, and it's about when we just used to curb the boredom by giving each other stupid little writing challenges. I remember <laughs> Carl Cross doing an entire set about car boot sales. <laughs> Because we, yeah. we just because we just made shouted out words and that's what he had to write about. So I think yeah. we kind of like found out that we both liked wrestling and we just like write five minutes about wrestling, and it just kept growing, growing, and growing. Yeah, it's, it's hazy, isn't it? I remember, I remember, yeah. I remember doing a lot of work around thinking of a title. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember that. More, more than actually putting a show together, the title. We were like, no, we were sat. We were sat in my old flat in Manchester, just like both had notebooks out, and we're just like, we need to come up with a title. And she's like, we don't have material yet. We need to come up with a title. Yeah. <laughs> but the flip side of that is, we came up with about twenty that you know can be used at some point if we <laughs> if we still have them. I don't think. Yeah, we I know. I remember Rumble in the Jumble Sale. Yeah. Yeah. Monday night. I can't remember. Just Monday night. That's the name of the sort of show. Yeah. Monday night. Well, because No Money in the Man wasn't even what we went by at that point. We were still Tom B and Andrew Marsh. And we're just like, you know, we should give ourselves like a cool ass name. Like yeah. a band or something, <laughs> or the mighty, or the mighty Bush and the delightful sausage, depending yeah. on how cynical you think I am as a businessman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, uh, but yeah, so we just ended up choosing the name of the show. But at that point, oof. oh, that means that whenever we do the show now, it's going to be no money in the band presents, no money in the band. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, no money in the band. Colon, no money in the band. <laughs> With the little brackets around no. <laughs> yeah. Oh, always. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but now tracing the back is just like we're just two mates who like the same stuff and both do comedy. I think. Yes. Yeah. Honestly. I mean that that first show was never meant to be. Uh, it wasn't a conscious decision to gonna to be like we're gonna be like a double act. Mm. No, but it was maybe always. It was just well, we'll do a show together. Yeah, yeah. it was just meant to be a one-off bit of fun, really. Yeah, yeah. Cause I remember, I remember like, the, the poster for that first show. You were just kind of sort of like uh, build each other as like uh, Tom. Uh, you were the comedian, and then uh, Balthazar was just uh, uh, the, the wrestler. wrestler. The wrestler. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's it's Andrew Marsh as the wrestler. Oh, Andrew Marsh with, as the wrestler. Yeah. With special guest performance from Balthazar <laughs> from Balthazar Darch, because at the uh, nobody in the band went through about ten different versions, as as did nobody when you're thirty three, but yeah. For a long time, it was going to be Balthazar Dart was only going to be a character who yeah. was just brought in for like a small section, and it was almost like a variety thing. Yeah, and and Andrew yeah, would be doing stand, time, yeah. stand up as Andrew, and, yeah. then, and now Balthazar Dart, ah, Vince McMahon, thank you, Balthazar Dart. Here's Andrew yeah. Marsh. <laughs> that um, that first flyer that we did, and you'd put on it. There's like a star on it that said, uh, including special guest wrestler. Yes. Um, yeah. Because I, want, I think because I wanted to trick people. Because I wanted to trick people. Yeah, well, and it fucking worked because the first 
first week in Edinburgh, someone came to see it, and one of their criticisms, one of their many criticisms of the show. Oh, over nine point email. It's on my yeah. phone. I can't read it out. I'm afraid, but oh, one, of the ones, one of the ones that stood out was. Uh, it was we the first one. Misadvertising. Actual, yeah, we were expecting an actual wrestler, and he didn't show up. <laughs> he also told me that my alcoholism wasn't funny, and they felt sorry for me. It's a great email. Oh, <laughs> I think I've seen this actually. Yeah. Even though you've told me about it, <laughs> um, yeah, we've got like a small collection of like <laughs> the funniest, the funniest examples of people being annoyed at what we've done. Um, <laughs> and since you brought up the email, um, Andrew's um, Andrew's feedback from Red Roar in Newcastle is my favourite. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, I, when I decided that I was going to do Balthazar as a full full time thing. <laughs> Um, well, my next gigs after that was at Red Roar, was at the stand yeah, in Newcastle, yeah. and I'd done all right there with myself. And I, I was getting, I wasn't getting like paid gigs, obviously, but they were having me back. Yeah. And then the third time I did Balthazar was at the stand, and if you've done that gig before, no one fucking bombs, no one dies. It's like the loveliest gig, <laughs> and uh, until until Balthazar <laughs> Dark turned up. <laughs> and, uh, I can't remember the exact feedback, but it was basically it was very shaky. Oh, unconvincing American accent. <laughs> yeah. Not red raw ready was yeah. my app. Yeah. Even though yeah. red raw is an open mic. <laughs> yeah. So I, I haven't been back there since. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Mm. So yeah, the original question, the genesis of the double S. Yeah, <laughs> from there. Yeah, <laughs> I not just what I said before. It's like we just, I think we were like mates, and I think Andrew was like one of the first mates I made in comedy. Where I was just like, oh, we we would be friends outside of comedy. Mm. Well, that's, that's, that's actually quite rare. You've, mm. you've got a lot of people that you're, that yeah, you're friends with that do comedy because they do comedy, but. The comedy friends, as opposed to someone yeah. you call an actual friend. Yeah, yeah. It's just like workmates. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, like you, you have to see each other like every, every day or every other day, so you might might as well be you might as well get along. But yeah, yeah. And, uh, t- taking this opportunity to say uh, I'd, I'd call you an actual friend, Johnny. Oh, thank you very much. That was going to so, be my next so, question. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Otherwise, yeah. I'd never book you I, again. I wouldn't, but uh... <laughs> well, fuck it. <laughs> You're gonna, you're gonna put your button in a fucking bin. <laughs> no! <laughs> I'm gonna steal your invisible kneecaps down. <laughs> they're not invisible, they're not there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna buy you some kneecaps. Oh, nice, thank you. Bouncy balls. <laughs> that would be amazing. Then, then you could play in the NBA with Michael Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is my dream. Does Michael Jordan still play for the NBA? Uh, no, I don't think so. Yeah. Shaquille <laughs> O'Neal owns. Uh, Shaquille O'Neal owns uh, Papa John's now. You know he doesn't own. He doesn't own Papa John's. He's on the board of trustees. He's a major shareholder. He's a major shareholder. So Sha- Shaquille O'Neal, all about the pizza. That's what we learn. Yeah. <laughs> the moral so, of the yeah, show. Yeah, is... the <laughs> Um, uh-huh. Hope yeah. you're ready for a five-hour interview, Johnny. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of assumed. Like, so far, the longest one was with Umby, and that was like just over an hour, I think. Um, and that's good. Like, what, what, one thing I've enjoyed about doing these interviews is I've realised just how much in common I have with with, with, with so many of our acts that, 
I mean, it's just like every time yeah. I say something, just be like, oh yeah, I feel that. Oh, and it's like, oh yeah, it's, it, it's not, it's, it's not just me who, who who secretly hates comedy, but can't live without it. Um, we all yeah. secretly hate comedy. <laughs> so yeah, so the obviously like the wrestling theme came about because it's just something you both you two both enjoy, and the same with the pop punk show. So I'm just kind of wondering like how you kind of settle specifically on what your show is going to be. Is it just kind of like the sort of next thing you think of that you both? like or is it is that what, what was there like after the wrestling show were they like okay here are other things we could do and then did you narrow it down to pop punk how did that kind of happen we knew we would do that one well yeah kind of like but i do remember like i think it was like day 15 of edinburgh and we were just like we should do a pop punk show next and it was like that easy yeah. But but like but the form of that show is what took fucking ages mm. <laughs> but yeah no but I think it. I think it was literally just a case of like, oh, we like this, do this too, cool. Because yeah. Edinburgh was just listening. <laughs> Edinburgh was just listening to pop punk. I remember we went to a pop punk Disney party one day, and that was great. Oh, fucking hell, this is... yeah. <laughs> that does sound awesome. But, um, yeah, and Andrew. <laughs> um, what was the question? <laughs> Essentially, how 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 do you choose your your show themes and concepts? Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah. So we, in terms of becoming friends, there was there was a few kind of themes that ran through that. Yeah. Um, mutual interest. So it was wrestling. There was music. Yeah. Uh, Tom was the first person doing comedy that I'd ever heard. Knew the band Five Year Strong. Okay. Which doesn't sound like much, but it was it was it was quite important to me. <laughs> it was at, it was it was at, it was at that gig as well because um, it was at Apple Shampoo because that's how we started talking about mutual interest because you had I think it was the Wonder Years on like in between acts. Yeah. And I'm just like Andrew, is this the motherfucking Wonder Years? Mm. We should be best friends forever from now on. <laughs> yeah, and then there was a lot of Simpsons and TV stuff yeah. that we had in common, but I think after wrestling, the strongest one was the music. Yeah. yeah. Um, thing, so yeah. that's that's why that became the second show. And we still don't really know what the third show will be. <laughs> no. You so it's like it's, it's the wondrous thing about Edward Friends yeah. being cancelled. Yeah, exactly. Simpsons is, yeah, yeah. Simpsons has come up, Friends has come up. Um, yeah. What else have we thought of? It's one of those two, really, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, or another wrestling show. <laughs> yeah. Sort of generalise it to like American sitcoms. Just just make your own American sitcom every every, every show. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that sounds exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> and yet now that's what I want to do. Kerry Mulligan <laughs> How she's fallen from grace. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you, 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 you mentioned uh, Apple Shampoo a couple of times. I want to talk a bit about the the uh, uh, running of nights because both of Apple Shampoo and Valhalla Decadence, you 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 market them specifically as uh, alternative comedy nights. And I just wanted to really just press about a bit more of what, what that kind of means to you. Uh, this sounds like a trick question, but it's not. I'm just I'm just curious. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, I think the idea for both of them, from my standpoint, was just to get acts on that I really liked. Yeah, um, yeah I feel that. And who would do... I'm sure it's exactly the same for you, Johnny. Yeah. People that you really liked and acts that maybe not always getting the exposure or getting the gigs that, 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 I, that I would think they 
deserved or yeah. warranted kind of thing. Yeah. Um, with with Apple shampoo and Valhalla Decadent, um, we haven't really market. I haven't. We haven't really. I haven't promoted either of them enough. My my idea for Apple shampoo, and then I'm sure Tom would agree with Valhalla, was to get a really cool kind of niche kind of audience that would show up again and again. Yeah, yeah. Um, we wanted Blizzard, basically. Yeah. We wanted Blizzard, yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. We, we wanted what you do. <laughs> but you, you, you've been far more successful with it. Than I'm, than still, I'm still not entirely sure how. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the alternative comedy thing as well, because in terms of how we try and market that, is almost like, I don't know, just like act, like, I, I'm sure Andrew would agree as well, so I want to try and create a like, feeling of a night where like, you can just try whatever the fuck you want. It's yeah. like, just like, just take a risk, do it that way. Because like, we had a, like, a couple of applications from a couple of mates who were kind of like, like slightly more clubby acts than I would say we are. Yeah. And they were just like, oh, I don't think I'm alternative enough, but I want to try something a bit different. And I was just like, do it. Just yeah. Like, like one of my one of the favorite my favorite things to see at gigs is when someone who's usually like quite typical, like what what you imagine a stand up to be, yeah, like quite typical clubby, like comes out and just does something completely balls to the wall or different or just unexpected. Like that's that's the main joy I get out of comedy nowadays. Yeah. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree with that. Well, that's one well, well, one of my favorite things. I, I don't. I, I don't really go and see other comedy nights enough now, but one of my, one of my favourite things would be just, like, going to excess, like, going to Comedy Balloon, and, and there'd just be one act who'd do something utterly fucking bonkers, and then, like, I'd never see them again, and there's always be always be that kind of mystery, mystery behind yeah. them. Like, like um, I think I, I only found out, like, a week ago that um, Detective Inspector Horse for a Hand was... Uh, uh, Jack Evans, um, like I, 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 I've seen the act and I knew him, and I, I hadn't until like like a week or two ago realized they were the same person. Yeah. <laughs> and I, really I like I like it when stuff like that happens. Yeah. <laughs> I still I still don't know who Birthday Breadman is. I'm sure I have them on my Facebook. I still don't know. No. Like, I, like, like, I don't know. Like, who I, 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 I'm assuming it's someone Sheffield based based on like the YouTube content having people like Sean and Ava and uh, uh, Tom King in. Um, yeah. But I don't know. I don't even know if it's the same person or whether it's just like a kind of a kind of like mask that's passed on to different. <laughs> No, it is. It is. Def- it is definitely the same person. Somebody told me who it was like two weeks yeah. ago, and I've forgotten. The, and there's every really chance I have them on Facebook, and I've no idea. <laughs> Button for Blizzard put out a specific request. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You just fire so, up the birthday yeah. dead man signal. So um, going along with the theme of like, so you, you wanted to do a night that was essentially there for people to experiment or for people who who can't necessarily get the the big gigs to just have somewhere to kind of play and gig. Was that is that yeah, based on kind of like 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 personal uh, feelings towards the scene, like or like did you was there an extent that was like you just want somewhere to play that, 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 that's, that's going to allow you to do that kind of stuff? Um, uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Sorry, a bit of both. Definitely a bit yeah. of both. <laughs> Because I mean, I mean, I, I I will fully say that 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 like I mean, I started Blizzard because like I do, I I do want to push the ethos, and it's a big part of why I started it. But also, it was because I like doing gigs like it, and I wanted, and I didn't think there were enough of them. So, I, well, I can make mm. my own, and I can do it all the time. 
the less um, reliant, the less we are reliant you are on getting people to book you, mm. the better you'll be if you if you can kind of do your own gigs and that kind of thing. I just think you you everyone everyone's doing the does stand up is so beholden to fucking promoters, messaging yeah. promoters and trying yeah. to get promoters to get them on gigs. Whereas actually you can take a step back and say, I'm sick of messaging this guy who's fucking not returned my messages yeah. twelve yeah. times. I'll go over here and I'll do what I wanna do. Yeah. I'll do my own gig yeah. kind of thing. Oh, gee, I mean that would yeah, it's just, and that's what we like to do as well. So I think yeah. we always say try and treat yourself like a punk band. Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, the fucking, like, you know, we booked and did our own little DIY tour of the first No Money in a Band show, which, I mean, to varying degrees of success. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, we were, but we didn't have to talk to, it was like a string of gigs where we were doing an hour every night. We didn't have to talk to any promoters or anything. And it was yeah. just booking right, somewhere yeah. and turning up there. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it, it brings it brings its own stress as well. You become very reliant course, on, yeah. venue, on venues and stuff like that. But we've made some great, like we've met some great people through doing it that yeah. way as well. Yeah. Because you meet kind of like the venue hold, the venue holders and mm. audiences as well who you wouldn't see in other ways. I mean, mm. and we especially got that with like the wrestling show. Yeah. And I because bet, yeah. we deliberately like we got wrestling fans who had never seen live comedy before, mm. but they wanted to see wrestling shows. And we yeah. kind of did that through tour because we worked with local wrestling promotions, and we're just like, oh, well, yeah. I say word, I say word with. We were just like, oh, us out, give us a shout out, blah blah blah. Like Riptide Wrestling in Brighton were the yeah. best for that. They did was this massive shout out, like in the interval of their show, like the week that we were in town, and like all came and oh, gave us free merch yeah. in the bucket. They did was merch in the bucket. That was my favorite bit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wrestling fans, wrestling fans are so good because yeah. they will come out and watch anything that's related to wrestling. And there's an understanding that wrestling and comedy is a thing. Yeah. Um, so people would come out and watch a wrestling comedy show because there's an understanding of, the, of that's that's a thing. Yeah. Which is the pop punk show so hard. <laughs> exactly. So the, the pop punk fans don't the, enjoy joy. <laughs> yeah. A little bit. There's an understanding about amongst wrestling fans that you can go see a wrestling comedy show, but there isn't an understanding amongst mm. a lot of music pop punk fans that you can go see a pop punk comedy show because they've got no concept of No, yeah, I've definitely never heard of any of them before, yeah. And I think that was not to say we didn't have a good time with uh, 23, but that was the issue, I think, sorry, 33. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I think Wish we Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was the problem with that one. Mm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Then kind of had the same. Yeah. Like I don't like I wouldn't I wouldn't want to tour this one. Yeah, that yeah makes sense. So yeah, talking about kind of touring and and just kind of different comedy gigs. Uh, what 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 are some of uh like what 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 kind of rooms? Not necessarily specific gigs, but just kind of like gig setups. Uh, that you really like and dislike performing. You can name specific <laughs> ones if you want. You can say Blizzard is the best. I, I, I'm not going to stop you, but you don't have to. <laughs> I mean the best. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, You've got to say it is though. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's like, definitely it is. In fairness, Blizzard is an absolute classroom to play. Um, and I don't know. I'm trying to think. Like I know the kind of rooms I like. It's like yeah. we quite like performing in dives. I think I've always said. Mm. Like, yeah. Like kind of like 
not like EDL the EDL March dive. Not like not like that kind of pub. <laughs> no, <laughs> like, I can't imagine that like, <laughs> yes, no, we are. We are not. They are not our audience. <laughs> that could be your third show. No, no, don't make it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no one did it as well as Al Murray. That's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> no one has really capitalised on making fun of dickheads while taking their money yeah. at the same time. Quite like that, man. I, I, I did realise the reason Al Murray hasn't really done much lately is just is just because just Tim Martin has just taken the act. Like, there's, yeah. there's nothing Al Murray can do anymore that doesn't... That, like, is yeah. immediately, like, out outreached by reality. Like, oh, no, satire. Like, I would fucking hate to be a satirist mm. or a political comedian right now because yeah. you can come up with the most ridiculous joke or yeah. circumstance in your head and within 24 hours it's happened or worse. Mm. Yeah. Like, Especially like Boris and Trump, I, they, are, they are people who are kind of simultaneously very easy to satirise but also beyond it at the same time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, that's right. That's right. I was watching I was watching some of the fifth of it like about a week ago and I was just like, ah, oh, simpler times. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to show that to my kids and say it's a fucking Back in my day, you had to work for your satire. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't just click on the news and it was right there. Yeah. You had to actually do your um, research. <laughs> <laughs> I think in terms of, of bad gigs, the good thing about... Oh, we can do this. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We can talk about two hours <laughs> for bad gigs. But if you're booking your own shows, we didn't have really any bad ones yeah. when, for the No Money in the Bank tour yeah. because either it was a good one or no one would be there. <laughs> I suppose, yeah, if, you, if, if, you're, if, you're, if you're asking it's just your show, then, like, yeah, no, people... No, I can, no, I can match that. Hold on. Um, yes, there was one which was absolutely fucking atrocious, and that was Leeds. Oh, right. That that surprises me. Yeah. Uh, yep. Um, oh, how to describe this game? I thought I'd wiped it from my memory. Um, we didn't do uh, the full Tom, show... Tom, Tom had a mental breakdown. Is how I would describe it. Like, right. damn, yeah, no, but that, yeah, but that doesn't exactly narrow it down. No, no you've, had, you've, had a lot, you've had lots of mental breakdowns, but that was the only time I've witnessed you have close to a mental breakdown on on stage. I would oh, say. Oh yeah, actually, no, I'll give you that. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> so no one, so no one had turned up for it. Basically, it was a, it was in the basement of Bad Apples, which is where we did Valhalla Decadence yeah, as well. Yeah. As basically, it was the only one that was pay what you want because uh, we really wanted to do the entire thing just pay what you want but if you're touring, touring was expensive yeah valid yeah, <laughs> yeah so it was the only one we did to pay what you want and no one showed up so one of the ads who was doing support for us basically went upstairs and just grabbed the two or three people that they could see ah, and brought them down that never um, goes they, well. they, they had never seen comedy and had a lot of questions like halfway, mm. like like during during acts, just they would shout out their question. Yeah. <laughs> if you um, if you say if you say during a show, has anyone got any questions? And then you got seventeen questions. That's brilliant because you're asked for them. If you're doing your show and one drunk fucking woman in the front row just starts waving a hand during the act for a question, it's a very I remember ball game. I remember trying to handle it by saying if they've got questions, they can write it down on paper and we'll answer at the end of the show because yeah. I thought that because I thought that'd be fun. Yeah. And no, she she did write it down on paper in her defence, but she also then thrust it in our face, and when we ignored it, stood up to try and show it us like so we could see it. <laughs> Fuck it out. <laughs> it's yeah, pretty bad. Yeah, so I sat in the middle of the stage and shouted a lot. <laughs> so just 
basically shotgun the thing. Because <laughs> my 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 view of that is is one of the few times where I think we've had a difference of opinion. My view was with that was it's going fucking terrible. Let's finish it. Let's make sure we just finish it on the point we're supposed to finish it and go off. Whereas your opinion was this is not working. Let's fucking you know cancel it now. To the point where yeah. you just sat, you just sat down on the stage, and I was still trying to go on, and you were just sat. Oh, fuck <laughs> hell, that sounds, yeah, that sounds rough. Yeah. So yeah, other than that, the tour was great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The story is: don't do a tour show in Leeds. <laughs> no. no, if you no, have don't. one coming. Yeah, don't do it. Don't do it in the basement. Don't do it in the basement of a metal bar. Might be what I said. <laughs> no. I mean, yeah. I mean, at least you won't do. At least you won't. You won't do, you won't do a pop punk show there. That probably wouldn't have gone down well for metal. Cat. <laughs> I've consi- I've considered it to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> that would be quite funny. No, fact, that bar is sadly that bar is sadly shut now. Actually, oh, that's true. it was a really nice room. Yeah, it's like it, a really nice. I really liked that basement. It, it was a nice. We had, room, a, yeah. we had a we had a lot of good acts on like. You were on, Johnny. Yeah, I was on, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Tom, Lois uh, Tom Whittle was, was really good on it. Tom yeah, Lois Mills. Was oh, Lois Mills was amazing. Mm. Sean Marley pretended to be my dad for 10 minutes. Oh, fantastic. I fucking love Sean Marley. Oh, oh. Whilst dressed as a ghost. Uh, Dave Marsh, the uh, one last remaining right wing comedian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have not That's... heard of him. He sounds great. <laughs> I'm assuming that's ironically. Like, <laughs> yes, yes. I, I chatted to Sean about it when he did Blizzard actually, and, yeah. and he was just like, "I did do your gig. I did, I did the right one comedian." Oh yes, he told like, me. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and he was like, "I've never done that since." And I was just like, "What? If you don't do it in any room, Blizzard will beat it up." Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I would, would love to have that. On because... <laughs> I, just, uh, I just felt bad. I just felt bad because we did have. Week after month after month, we had a lot of good acts on, and we, we just weren't getting audience. Yeah, were no. we? really. the, first, the first one was really the first one was really good. Yeah, and yeah. the first and like and I so remember the first one the first usually is kind of new and exciting. You can kind yeah. of use that as a kind of leverage because like, like, we, 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 like, yeah, yeah. Like, we, we oh, sorry, <laughs> uh, it's we booked kind of like some stuff which like. I'd, I'd never seen in kind of like a comedy night. We had our friend um, Alexander who does like a, cla- a silent clown character on. Oh, that sounds great. And he played Come and Eileen on the ukulele, and we had JP McHugh like, dressed as a ghost in a bedsheet. <laughs> oh, shit, yeah. Wasn't. I feel like Sean Marley was dressed as a ghost as well. Oh, no, he was wearing kind of like ritual robes, I think. Okay. <laughs> as you do. <laughs> And um, oh yeah, no, like a couple of weeks later we had like the lads from Acid. There's a lot of costume changes in alternative comedy. Yes. So <laughs> like you know it's going to be a proper alternative comedy night when like one of the acts approaches the stage with one of those giant IKEA bags. Yeah. <laughs> Just uh, hey, if if someone walks on stage and they've got a big bag. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on board before. Yeah, no, just straight away. Just like, just what's in the bag? Just, I want to know. Oh, Andrew, can we do a show where it's just what's in the bag? Yeah. <laughs> we just pull out and that's what we've got to do. <laughs> It'll be like, you know, like on Ready, Steady, Cook, where you just come on with your ingredients and they have to decide what to, what to make. <laughs> someone, just, someone just comes on stage with a bunch of shit in the bag and then they have to make a set out of it. <laughs> oh, no, or it can, it, can be like a, it can be like a wrestling bring your own weapons, get the audience to bring it, some of stuff. Yeah. Oh, that would be fun, yeah. You have it kind of like laid out on the side and you've like got a base your show around. Oh, the shit they brought. That's a good idea, that. That's yeah, a really good idea, idea. We, yeah. should do that. we should do that. <laughs> no money in a band bring your own weapons. It's, 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 
<laughs> no money in the bank, lots of shit in the bag. <laughs> <laughs> there we are. <laughs> Next set of resources. So, um, yeah, a couple more things I want to ask. Um, if we've kind of, we've kind of touched on it already, but like, how how different are your processes for writing for No Money in the Bank and for your individual solo sets, if at all? <laughs> I mean, our writing styles are quite different, anyway. Yeah. Hmm. Which, well, more our process. It's like we have the same. We tend to have the same or similar outcomes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> for how we get there. How we get there. Yeah. <laughs> I think um, with the first show, with the wrestling show, Tom had written 30 minutes, 40 minutes about wrestling. Yeah. And I'd written some Balthazar Dark bits. And we found a way to kind of make them fit into each other. Yeah, like oh, yeah. The, first draft of, the first draft of No Money in the Bank was a Frankenstein show. At the, yeah, I think, well, it, it, was, it was kind of like... You do a bit, I do a bit, you do a bit, yeah. I do a bit. Yeah. But then we found a way to make it seem like a more cohesive show. Yeah, it became something completely different. Kind of like this, like the same, the same beats and in a lot of ways the same material was there, but it mm. became both of us on stage rather than one of us talking and the other one waiting for his turn. Yeah. Which was, which was, I mean, definitely, like I saw a picture of, um, I saw a picture from like the preview we did at Gulliver's, like, yeah. on WrestleMania weekend, like, three years ago now, three years ago this weekend, actually. Bloody hell. Time flies. Time flies yeah. when you're, um, but when you're making shit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but now it's just, and it was literally just like me stood on one side of the stage while Andrew just had, like, sat quite visibly waiting for a go. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then w w with the second one, it was much more of a collaborative thing in the writing. Yeah. Tom wasn't just writing stand-up yeah. himself, and I, I wasn't just writing bits for myself because I wasn't doing Balthazar Dark, so it was just, how do you turn this into a show? I think a lot um, of the process for like how we do stuff now has changed anyway. Like, there's been, like, I remember when we did the first 20 minutes of No Money to Mansion, it had been like months and months of preparation. Yeah. And, yeah. and then like quite recently, like round about Christmas time, Ooh, um, we like, we just sat in a bar and five minutes before going on stage, just like, do you want to see if we can make our set like a Christmas party? <laughs> <laughs> and, and just like, yeah, what should we do? Like, and just kind of like came up with a few key ideas, but like wrote a couple of lines between us that we can just kind of like put in between. Yeah. And that ended up being a 17, 17 minute set. Yeah. I think, I think there, was a, there was a period where we decided we'll just go on stage and see with a with an idea and see what happens mm. and so for for a good month or so it was actually us going on stage people applauding us onto the stage just trying not to let them stop applauding until oh, that's still of, my favorite that's still my favorite game to play <laughs> no, but that came out of that came out of us being quite it's going back to Tigerland, but when it was at Joshua Brooks, yeah, right. like we went, we went there, and like usually, it's meant to be five minutes. Less, usually, um, they give us ten because there's two of us, yeah. and we've obviously been doing the night for ages, so yeah, there's a yeah. bit of like camaraderie, I suppose. And um, we got there, and they were just like, "Oh, all right, so instead of ten minutes, for you guys, we've had thirty-two sign-ups, and we're letting them all on, so everyone's going to have four minutes." Mm -hmm. So. 
one, we'd already, we'd lost the time we'd lost the time before we'd gonna do, which kinda of made it feel waste. And two, we were on the bill with thirty one other fucking acts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no one's gonna wanna sit through that please. again. No matter how good they are. No, there was no point speaking. No, there was no point doing anything. It's so just we were thirty two acts on and everyone's doing a comedy set as soon as if you're 16 acts into that 30, fucking yeah. 32 Especially because like, there's only, no. only one interval as well. So, like... Yeah. yeah. People just switch off. It doesn't matter how good you are. People just yeah. switch off after the 16th or 17th. Yeah. And also, usually, yeah. usually a good, like, 40 to 60% aren't good. And people have had to sit through that. And if they've had to sit through a load of, like, not good acts before you're on, the, you, you, you yeah. can't win them back. There's, like, a lot of them really yeah. want to go to the bar. They really want to go for a piss. They just totally don't want to be sat down in that dark yeah. room. Not even like bad acts, just a, a lot of them at that kind of night. New, yeah, new acts. Yeah, new acts, I mean. exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so we just kind of so, like, we were just like, why don't we just see if we can go on to applause and never have the applause stop? And so yeah. we end up kind of like, we announced that's what, like, we didn't announce it, but kind of we end up with like a 10 second countdown and then just end it on, right? We'll be no money in the band cheers. <laughs> yeah. go off the stage. Um, We've done that a few times. We used to do at the top of the show. Our record was at an open, was at another open mic night of twelve minutes of applause. Nice. Mm-hmm. How long was your set? They were, um, it was meant to be a ten minute set. We overran. If it's the one I'm thinking of, we were like about seven minutes in. We'd like to tend to introduce the next act on. <laughs> oh yeah. So. Oh, we had Paul Sam Serrano who come in so, late. Yeah. He was Sam Serrano, and he'd, yeah. like, they'd gone to the toilet, and then when they brought, like, came back from the toilet, everyone increased the applause, and he thinks he's going on, so we went for his mic. <laughs> yeah. And then we just yeah. push him off stage again. <laughs> yeah, and then trying to bring him on again. That went on for a solid three or four minutes. I think, I think, yeah. we, I think we brought him on three times, bless him. Like, Sam Serrano, and then we'd push him off again. Um, <laughs> that was fun. Yeah, I remember, having the, of, I remember getting the bartender to pour you a drink and then it made everyone a pause as you downed it in 10 seconds. That was another yeah. one. <laughs> but he wasn't happy with us about it. Yes, <laughs> that, right. yeah, I heard it. It was all right, but it was very joy. You didn't prepare anything to do anything. And I was like, look, if you, can, if you think you can make them clap for 12 minutes and say to do no preparation to it, feel free, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot of like, we should do this if it dies down. Yeah. <laughs> In terms of the writing kind of thing, I think it's good to have things like that that are trying to create a moment. But if you've got that and then you can bring some quite good written stuff in as yeah. well. Mm. Yeah. And bring that all together, then that, that you know, that's that's really gonna gonna work a lot of the time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it is. I, I, I think that's that's, that, that's the thing you do. You do seem to do. You, see, you seem to do, you do really well as a double act. You, you you do have that kind of sort of. I, I don't know if chemistry is the word, but yeah, sort of like you, you, you have that kind of uh, connection where like you, the, the kind of more kind of open improv-y bits do blend in with the written stuff really well. Um, and yeah, yeah, it does it's, feel, like, yeah. It's, almost like, it's almost like a way to reassure as well. Yeah. Why, why with the audience, because like, you can be 
going yeah do, you know doing what we do which is like ma- like massive tangents and fucking about and yeah. just having a very loose concept and rolling with yeah. that but if you bookend that with quite yeah tightly written stuff just like oh no they do so, know what they're doing yeah like even if this they're is shit, more fun doing this, it, yeah. Be, yeah it's like they enjoy this that's cool yeah and like and if we sit through this maybe there'll be a joke <laughs> yeah, maybe there won't. It's like holding yeah. the jokes hostage behind, bit, bit, bit behind just you having fun. Yeah. <laughs> if you enjoy this, you get a joke. <laughs> Laugh or the joke gets it. <laughs> you should get like a piece of paper that just says joke on, and then you bring that on stage, and then I'll bring a typing on stage. <laughs> and just like. Holds the tie gun to the piece of paper that says joke. <laughs> oh, I used to, I, I love anything written. I remember, um, actually, um, your night, Johnny, a weed funny. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Fucking hell. I found, um, I found the, um, I, I found the, uh, printed out poster recently. It's back on my wall. I was just oh, like, yeah. painted onto stick figures and stuff. I love it. Yeah, the, 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 <laughs> see, this is what happens when I am in charge of promo. <laughs> like, you just get this nonsense. This is what I can do. I love it. <laughs> I really like, enjoyed it, but that, it, it doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that was another night where you kind of like had that sort of organized chaos like i remember one act yeah. on the one that i was on just kind of like came out with just like comedy gold written in this notebook and just oh, just spells, yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah he did that oh, and, then, yeah. and then and then if that's the one i'm thinking of he 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 he, he i put that notebook down and then I, 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 on a shelf and then he just fell off and it was just yeah like on the radiator yeah yeah that's it <laughs> like, that's it uh genuine stuff that's that's always an interesting kind of question, though. If you come on on stage with an idea, yeah, be it coming on and saying this is comedy gold, mm. or it's always trying to get people to laugh for ten minutes, or something clap for ten minutes. Yeah, they never laugh for ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe yeah, overall, it, uh, in the course of an hour. <laughs> <laughs> no, even that feels optimistic. <laughs> But like the idea of how long you can stretch that idea is always an interesting one because mm. it kind of depends on what the audience is, yeah. what's the makeup of the audience, are they kind of into you as an act, do they know you as an act, or do they not yeah. know you as an act? Yeah. But stretching that, stretching that one idea has such kind of variable time length depending on what the audience is, you know? Oh yeah, well it's like uh, best example we've got for that is definitely who's your favourite wrestler with Balthazar Dog. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, I mean, you obviously just kind of ask him then, you just keep asking until it's Balthazar Dog. I've seen, I've seen that happen where they've just kind of like gone for fuck's sake, Balthazar Dog is my favourite wrestler. <laughs> like, yeah, just straight away. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and I've also seen the record, which is uh, 25 attempts. <laughs> 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 yeah, you go on stage as Balthazar and say, who's your favourite wrestler? And the end point is supposed to be them eventually saying Balthazar died. Okay, yeah. But there's so many different variables to that. Yeah. Some, some people like, just won't, sometimes... won't respond at all, I imagine. Just kind of... yeah. Yeah. I've, I've seen it be a full ten minutes. I, yeah. like, we've had to... Because, I mean, that's... I think that's like almost the one downside of like trying to perform like this as well in the const, in the constraint of an hour on show. Mm. Is that if that sort of bit goes on for longer than it is, you've Your got to kind of like yeah. on, on the well, not not necessarily no, foot, but you've you got to like go like on the fly on stage, figure out what you're cutting. Yeah, 
yeah. I suppose as a double line, that must be really more awkward as well, because you kind of you might have your own kind of ideas of what's going to be cut, and then you have to communicate yeah. that without communicating it, like yeah. obviously, I guess. Yeah, well, my favorite bit, of my my favorite kind of thing when that happens is when the audience kind of actually realizes that they want you to say that you want them to say Balzada. Yeah. So they make a conscious decision not, not to. to. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, so absolutely. So like, see how long you can that, do it for. Yeah, on the odd occasion when it's gone on over twenty names without it being Balzada. Uh, they're the most fun ones because that's when they, you know, yeah. It's just, just it's just when they kind of stretch you like that. It's really. Well, it's the it's the act of defiance. It's like remember one of the first times we did it in Edinburgh, and you were just like trying to narrow it down for them. So who would be your favorite wrestler like in the city of Edinburgh yeah. on a stage right now, and they go yeah. Cabana. <laughs> <laughs> so you you just keep trying to narrow it down, narrow it down. And it's to the point where it's like, who's your favorite wrestler with? No shirt on and a ship, fake leather jacket on stage right now. I don't see the Undertaker. <laughs> yeah, and if they're still not saying Balvazad, then that's the best. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah I, I, I really enjoy like the long, repetitive set of jokes as well because there's an interesting effect with them where like it'll start off being funny and then it will stop being funny and just be really irritating and then it'll get hilarious <laughs> but yeah. you've got to kind of power sure. through that bit where everyone's sick of it and then they'll just there's yeah. a I've said this before. There's a there's a theory somewhere that the number for that is twelve when it becomes yeah. funniest again. Yeah. Something so like so, that. I, so I so you've got yeah. one, two, three, and then dip, and then like yeah, almost a steady rise, but twelve as you peak again. Twelve. Yeah. I remember, yeah. I, 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 just, and then it just kind of continuously cycles for well, yeah. maybe not, maybe yeah. not indefinitely. I mean, there's probably some kind of formula. What? Well, why aren't mathematicians working on this? We need to work out the formula. Because <laughs> yeah. but... that's the thing. There's, there's no real science. How many times here, you can tell sausage things. jokes until? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, <laughs> and, and, and that and that changes the tune as well. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. oh, like, yeah, yeah. these, yeah, like send you a link is like we've done, we've called that back like twenty times, and it's got funnier and funnier every time. Yeah. We've called it back three times, and you hate us and want us off the stage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> going back to what you said about worst gigs, the worst gigs is when you you trying to do something like that, you trying to plow that furrow, and you get three in. And it's not working, and you know it's not working. And by the same token, you know the audience aren't going to buy into it at all. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah, I think right. I think a lot of it is, and it's back to like writing process as well. As a double act, our writing process is. We used to call it writing on stage, which I mean, to an, a, yeah, in a way it still is, but it's more like. We just try to play games, I suppose. Yeah. Just like, it's almost like you, like you just kind of, we go up on, we go up with just like one thing, like you said, one thing yeah. you want to do and then just fuck around. Yeah. But the issue with playing games is that the audience also have to want to play the game. Yeah. And I think that's the yeah. main difference. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun as fuck, though. It's kind of like pounding <laughs> in a way, I suppose, because it's based around that idea of, 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 of just kind of, yeah, just like sort of force me playing games and 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 and, and have it having this kind of endpoint and just like trying to get to that without like without ever kind of breaking that. That was a really yeah. bad explanation, but I, I knew. No, what no, I, meant. I know it. Yeah. No, I know what you're saying. Sorry. Yeah. Um, two of the guests that we had on um, on Thirty Three on that called um, Two Little Dickheads. Yeah. And it's like, and in their show, they kind of like played it. It's nothing but like stupid games, but they've got one where they just. 
inflate a condom and just kind of like have everyone play keepy up in the audience with this inflated condom and the game and the bit doesn't stop until it pops yeah <laughs> and they've not communicated and they've not communicated that with the audience yeah. just playing keepy up with the audience but they know as soon as it pops that that's when it kind of like <laughs> stops and the next section starts yeah yeah and it's hilarious. It's fucking amazing. <laughs> that, yeah, one of, my, one of my favorite examples of that is is definitely got to be like the classic Tim Vine bit where he's just trying like uh, trying to get a pen. Is it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. great. It's a fun one. I seeing uh, yeah. a Frank Fuko's shoes show, mm. and part of it is you know like a deck of cards where you stack the cards. It's just yeah. him. A card trying, Yes. You know, like tower cards. It's him. Trying to do a tower of shoes, like with like, <laughs> a, like ballet shoes and stuff. Oh, that sounds great! And, and just watching him for five to ten minutes trying to make this fucking tower out of a load of shoes. It's just it's it's interesting. It's fucking funny, but it's like you you really willing him on. There's like as long as <laughs> you really want him to succeed, yeah. You really want him to succeed. Well, Frank's always been amazing at that as well. Like I remember seen him at comedy ball and it was like dead no one had done well and then he comes on and he was it was when he was doing that opening bit where he just played charades with the audience yeah yeah <laughs> and um and just everyone was on board immediately it was madness it was, you know debates with rage with jealousy but it's very impressive <laughs> yeah so this one uh i've read it specifically for tom but obviously andrew if you have any comments on it feel free to to to, to contribute as well and I've talked about this with a few different acts. I want to talk about what relationship you think comedy has with your mental health, particularly like with 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 with, with, with the the last set you did with us as, as uh, on your own when you work around a lot more personal, a lot more into your mental health. I just so I want to know what your experience is with that. Varied. I think yeah. it's probably the nicest way to say yeah. it. It's um, comedy is one of those ones where I mean, just from what you almost get out of this, like. No, anyone who's been comedy doing comedy for like three or four years is getting something out of it and it's not necessarily career progression. Yeah. It's like a lot of us do this because we almost feel like we need to do it. Mm. And I think that's kind of like both dangerous and helpful for my mental health. Like certainly comedy gives me a lot of stuff to focus on and to put all my energy in. The problem is, is like, as I mentioned in that set, it's got borderline personality disorder, which makes me very intense and hyper-focused. Yeah. So, so there's a lot of like, I put everything into comedy and if it doesn't quite work out, I'll get a bit self-hatey. So comedy's a difficult and dangerous fucking beast in mm. terms of mental health. Yeah. But talking about it, I absolutely, I love using comedy as a medium for that. And I feel like, I don't, I think nobody does it better than Harriet Dyer. Oh, Harriet Dyer's fantastic for that, yeah. It's just that kind of like, because by getting an audience to laugh, I suppose, at kind of like that sort of thing, it it creates reassurance. So it's like, to myself, it's like, oh, because laughter is, laughter is basically just relating to something or, see, or seeing truth in something and then expressing it that way. Yeah. So if people laugh at kind of like my issues, it's not just a case of like, oh, I'm just seen as a comedian. It's also like, oh, I'm not the only person who necessarily feels this fucked up. Mm. And hopefully the audience is getting that as well. Like yeah. if, anyone, if anyone takes something good for the mental health out of shit that I do, fantastic. <laughs> like, yeah. That's the dream. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, um, I think it's two ways. It's like, like I said, it's like comedy can be very, draining and it can consume your life and it can be quite lonely as well so therefore it's not 
good for your mental health, and in the past, it's been absolutely dog shit for mine. Yeah, it could um, definitely feel well. But I think I definitely get a lot of good for mine by working in a double-edged, because I, I, think, I think I used to describe it as twice the fun and half the fee. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, but but um, but yeah, it's because like when you work in a double act, it's like when there's a bad gig, you can pick each other up, and you know you're you're still on a six-hour megabus, but you're on it with your mate. Yeah. Or, when, or when there's a good gig, you've got each other's back, and you've got yeah. someone that you're writing with, and yeah. So yeah, double acts are the way to go, but I don't think everyone should form them because it's. <laughs> uh, we don't want the market too crowded. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> That's alright, there, there aren't that many comedians. <laughs> when you were asking earlier about how do you go from kind of Tiger Lounge to, to what it is now, a lot of it is, I'm a lot less scared of the outcome when we're in the double act. Yeah, because, because I know it's that... It's kind of like a shield in a way. Yeah, I know that it's, even if we die, if, we, if we're having a good time, then... <laughs> Yeah. There's at least there's at least someone else in the room that's enjoying what's happening. Yeah. Double Ads also give you a slight back up on stage where like for example, if a joke that I do like falls flat on my falls flat on his arse, then I know that Andrew is kinda of like in the wings and we just go like Oi! and yeah. bring the audience up. So yeah. it's like <laughs> so yeah, no, it just, it's definitely a lot, it's a lot better this way. Oh, and also the hotels are way cheaper, and we do have a lovely photo album somewhere of depressing hotels of the UK. <laughs> <laughs> where, was, where was that? Stockton. Stockton, yeah. <laughs> it was a fake Banksy on the wall, and it was a twin room, but the, the room was so small that the door actually didn't open fully because one of the beds was in the way. Yeah. Fantastic. I got the, the glamorous life. We got in there, I was like, oh, let's, let's hit the bar then. And then there was no bar, there was just a small Armenian's place that sold toothpaste and hair gel. <laughs> hey, hey, there was a vending machine, you could get some mitt now. There, there was a machine, yeah. That's all you need, rock and roll. But we still ended up getting far too drunk on that one because um, <laughs> the, the venue that we just, it was for nobody watch when you're 33, it was the day before Edinburgh the day before the start of our run, because I thought, oh, Stockton's on the way, why don't I book in a preview on the way to Edinburgh? That way it will break up the journey. Yeah, you tell me about this. And not be stressful at all. That is a good idea. That was a good idea, fundamentally, to be fair. (laughs) (laughs) In theory, yeah. It was a a fun one. Not very useful, because I think that show was nothing like any of the other ones we did. People are into it. People, people like. Yeah, yeah people it. like that, and they paid, and they paid us in beer, so we got hammered. Fantastic, <laughs> solid. Um, yeah, yeah, they made fancy craft beer because it was like it was only a small bar, so we like, kept the bucket, and they were just like, and here's some very fancy, expensive craft ale for you, and yep. So the hotel did have a bar eventually. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Right, gonna uh, wrap this up with one final question because we've gone on for nearly an hour and a half, and I'm dying for a piss. So um, yeah, I've been ending, <laughs> I've been ending all the interviews with this question. Uh, interpret it how you will. Um, essentially, what is the one bit of advice that has stuck with you most throughout your comedy career? It doesn't even need to specifically be comedy advice or from a comedian or anyone related to that. Just, just like you, basically your kind of motto that gets you through. Stop giving a shit. Yeah, yeah, solid. Yeah, good one. Yeah, so kind of like, you know, when you're... It's almost, it's almost fucking cliche, but it's like, if you stop worrying, it becomes more fun. Yeah, 
Yeah, very true. But that's it, just have fun. And also, the main thing I try and take is, I can't remember who said it, but it was that thing that we said earlier, just like try and treat yourself like a band, almost, like do your own stuff. Yeah. Fuck it that way. It's like, it's more fun and people might like that about you, I don't know. Yeah. Andrew? Yeah. <laughs> Anything to ask? Um, someone said uh, learning comedy is like learning guitar on stage in front of an audience. <laughs> I said that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tom says learning learning things like that. Well, it's good to know that I gave us our best advice. <laughs> so it's it's just a case of remembering that you're always learning. Yeah. And you know it's going to be difficult, um, but don't take it so seriously. Yeah. Unless, unless you're like full time professional earning a lot of money all the time. Yeah. You can go on stage any any given night. You can go on stage and do exactly what you want if you're yeah. not getting paid a lot of money for it. No, I know. I would think even if we're getting paid a lot of money, we'd still try our hardest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we just get, we just yeah. have to get really good at doing it so that yeah. no one knows. <laughs> so again, once you get to that point where like you are making that much money, people probably want to just see you do you anyway. If you've gotten famous off the back of. I've been successful off the back of doing you. So. Well, yeah. I've, always, I've always had this theory. Well, not theory, just wonder of like the acts that do kind of like pull in those like are, like let, let's say arenas. That's not what anybody yeah. really wants to do. No, right but like big theaters, that kind of thing. Yeah. And but the people who are bringing in these kind of like enormous audiences, do they ever die? Because if you bring in that kind of numbers, they know who you are and they're coming because of you and that almost total personality. Mm. It is an so, interesting one, yeah. I, d- I imagine you probably I think, don't I, die in the same way if you're doing, if you're doing, particularly if it's like just your show. People are coming specifically to see you. That they're yeah. they're fully intending, especially cause when you're spending more money. They're fully intending to enjoy themselves. You'd have to like not put any effort in whatsoever to kind of like die there. You'd have to really let people. Take yeah. you. You'd have to. You'd have to. You have to bomb intentionally. Probably. Yeah. You'd have to. Yeah. Yeah, but also probably um, your interpretation of what bombing is. Changes. It does, yeah, that's true. I only got nine stand innovations. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm sure Michael McIntyre will go on stage sometimes and do a show and come out. And to most people, look like he smashed it, but he won't quite have smashed it as much yeah. as he would think he normally does. So he'll be like, oh, yeah, can't be for six minutes. Nobody in the band got 12. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Oh, I'm so putting got 12 minutes of applause on a poster. <laughs> well, it's, it's like we were saying earlier, where kind of like, on your first gig, you feel like you did amazingly, and then like, especially if you were the kind of new style like me, you recorded everything you did, yeah, look back me, on yeah. it even like a year later, and you're just like, yeah. oh no. That's, your, your standards do just get increasingly higher, and like, yeah, yeah to yeah. the point now that I, I not only record all my gigs, I've got like a spreadsheet of all of them, and after each gig, I'll kind of weigh up what bits I thought worked and what bits didn't, and then create like a percentage out of that about how, but the, it, the, the yeah, yeah, the, the kind of signifies how well I've done. But the mm. average, the average yeah. has been getting lower, and uh, but I know for a fact that I'm better than I was like a year ago. Or like, yeah. But uh, yeah. the fact is, I'm judging myself more harshly. I'm, I'm recognizing. Like so, so like before when I started, I was just like, this got a reaction. It might have just been one person coughing that I interpreted as a yeah. laugh, and I considered that a win. Whereas, like, if it was yeah. Yeah. not, yeah. So it's just, I know it. Yeah. So like, you may, yeah. you may feel like you're not necessarily 
do it as well well, as you should be, but yeah, it's just your standards. Well, it's almost like how you... It's almost like how your mind and that grows as you're growing in confidence and form yeah. as well. Like I like I am ferociously proud of the first No Money in a Bank show. It's one of my favourite things I've ever had a hand in. But like I saw the video that we've got up quite recently and was just like, oh, I'd probably change that, don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> well that's you, you, it's easier to to kind of critique yourself after it's out there. Like when, when you're in when you're in the writing process, it's kind of like, yeah, that'll probably do and then I think I think it is important to have like a kind of log of of what you've done previously, yeah. whether it is recording it or just making notes about what worked yeah. and what didn't. Yeah. Like, it, right, it might, for a lot of people, it might not help, but it won't do any harm, so it's kind yeah. of worth doing. Kind it's of also. Thing. It's also like you were saying, like a couple of weeks ago. It's nice to have stuff out there as well. Like with nobody yeah. else when you're 33, we don't have any intention to tour it, but we would like to do it one more time where we yeah. can film it and have it because if you want to film my... it, Blizzard would be happy to do that. Sweet, that's awesome. <laughs> it's one of the one of the things that I kind of like hate the most. And not necessarily because people do, but just the fact that it is something that we all do is. Well, it's that Edinburgh culture, so it's like you spend 11 months making something so that you can do it, and then it's gone. It. Yeah. yeah, It's like it's like 11 months of your life is basically just seen as disposable, and you've got to go on to the next thing. It's why we've messed up so much, yeah. because stuff that, was, stuff that would have just been abandoned and thrown away yeah. is now still out there, and you can track comedians like you, like you track bands, yeah, which is really I cool. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. So you, it's like, oh, it's like, oh, I prefer the second hour to the first hour. Yeah. <laughs> Doing Edinburgh is difficult. Doing Edinburgh is like the cross between Disneyland and Vietnam. <laughs> That's definitely the quote I'm using. <laughs> no, I, I can, I'm going to take I that out, really out of context. That's just going to be it's just going to be that soundbite. <laughs> no explanation onto the next bit. Yeah, no, no, uh, go on. It's brilliant and horrible in equal measure. <laughs> yeah, no, I absolutely, no, I absolutely agree. Yeah. It's I Edinburgh is my favourite time of year. It's I love it. It's I've been at least on and off going yeah. since 2012, like for work and then as a punter and then as a comedian. Yeah. And I always love it, but oh my god, it's I've had some of the worst days of my life yeah. in Edinburgh. <laughs> <laughs> And that was No Money in the Bank. Thank you very much for listening. Um, yeah, I, I had a lot of fun with that one. Uh, and I'm looking forward to uh, editing some more of these uh, over the upcoming weeks. Like I say, we'll be trying to upload these uh, once every month. Uh, the first Monday of every month, to be precise. Um, I hope I'm going to stick, stick to that schedule. We, we will find out on the 1st of March whether that is actually true. Um, but yeah, um, you can find uh, the podcast the same. I mean, you've all you've listened to this one, so I assume you know where you can find them. Uh, but yeah, you can find them on on, on all the usual platforms, Spotify, etc. Et um, and yes, you can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, WordPress is what our website's on. Uh, you could just Google BlizzardComedy.com.co.uk. Um, even I don't know why I'm uh, telling you about that. You know what websites are. Um, and we're also on Patreon if you would like to support us and give us money. We are on YouTube where you can watch our live stream shows for now. We are going to be migrating over to the Blizzard Comedy Twitch though, which is up and ready for you to follow now. Uh, there might not be a lot of activity on it yet, but uh, from about from from spring of this year, we're intending to use it a lot more. So go and give that a follow if you haven't already. Uh, and yeah, thank you very much for listening. I will see you next time. Bye bye.